Portions of the following program were pre-recorded. AM 570 KLAC, 98.7 KYSR, HD2. Los Angeles. Available anywhere using the iHeartRadio app. AM 570. An LA sports icon. Fred Rogan is here tonight. Decades on your television covering Los Angeles sports. Fred Rogan, huge in Los Angeles. The Dean. I'm the Dean. Fred Rogan. Weekdays before Petros and Money. A USC All-American. USC's Rodney Pete. An NFL quarterback. Absolutely perfectly delivered by Rodney, Rodney Pete. Available on the iHeartRadio app or on am570lasports.com. This is Rogan and Rodney. Let's go. Fred Rogan, Rodney Pete on am570la Sports. Good show today. We've got a lot to cover. Let's do it. Some Ram stuff off the top. Uh, they made a move. They needed a running back. Cam Akers is out. Daryl Henderson got hurt in practice. I don't care who the quarterback is. If ED was here, he'd say, if you can't run the ball, you're not going to win. So the Rams are obviously pretty aware of that fact, and they need a running back for Sean McVay's offense. They went out and got one in Sony Michelle from the Patriots. I think they gave up a fifth and a sixth-round pick for him. Uh, Michelle, basically, odd man out in New England. They had four running backs. A young guy they really liked, so he wasn't going to get a lot of carries. He became available. Rams pulled the trigger. Rodney, I think it's a very good deal for the Rams uh, he's basically, he's Cam Akers. I mean, Cam Akers is not all pro. Sony Michelle is not all pro. But both of them are very, very good. So I thought it was a really good move today. Yeah, and, and sometimes, you know, Fred, guys get to a place, especially a place like New England, and they kind of fall into a system, fall into a rut, and, and don't really, because New England's not built on building around the running back. You know, they've always had running backs by committee you know, throughout the times that Tom Brady was there, even before Tom Brady, it was running back. I think Curtis Martin might have been their only, like, go-to running back that they had, and that was under Parcells more so than it was under Belichick. But it's always been by committee, so you can kind of get lost in the shuffle. I always liked him coming out of Georgia. You know, I don't know if you remember, him and Chubb were in the same backfield in Georgia, yeah. and uh, they went and played for that national title. And uh, But but I, 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 really, uh, I really liked him coming out. I think he's got something to prove he's going to have a new lease on life out here in LA um and he'll he'll get some touches so I I think it's uh I think it's going to be really good for the Rams and he's not overly beat up as a running back at his age and you know better than anybody playing with Barry Sanders how important it is to have that running game as a quarterback otherwise everybody just gets back and uh, tees up and lets you have it but a running game keeps everybody honest 100 percent I mean, if you can't run the ball, Kansas City found that out. They found that out in the Super Bowl. You know, when they had poor offensive linemen and guys were hurt, you know, Tampa Bay dared them to run the football. I dare you to run, and they wouldn't do it. And and, and that's why Patrick Mahomes and that passing game struggled in the Super Bowl because Tampa Bay played all kind of coverage and did not allow those fast receivers to get down the field. If they did, they were double covered. And that's what they can do to you. So they can do that to the Rams. If they don't have a running game or any team, they don't have a running game. They'll just sit back in coverage and dare you to run the football. Dare you, dare you. And it's the exact opposite. If you got a quarterback that can't throw, then they'll put everybody up on the line of scrimmage and dare you to pass the football. So you got to be somewhat balanced. And if and, and in order for McVay's offense to work, they have to have some sense of a running game. And, and when they were clicking on all cylinders, it, Todd Gurley was a big part of the offense. Then Cam Akers. Then Cam Akers was, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, obviously, this is not a year to fool around for the Rams. If they have a, a hole, they need to fill it because they went all in. And they went and they got Matthew Stafford. Fascinating piece. ESPN.com. 
Now, apparently, you know the story. Which, no, I know a story. I want to hear your story. Well, I'll tell you the story I read. Okay, good. You tell me the story that you know when we're done. I'll see if it's accurate. Okay. So, Matthew Stafford was really struggling in Detroit. And uh, there, there were periods of time where he didn't want to leave. There were periods of time where he didn't want to leave the Lions. He didn't think it'd be great. He liked the community, his, his wife. Uh, who had uh, brain cancer, had actually been diagnosed by the Lions doctor. Right, so he, right. He felt very loyal to the Lions. Yeah, no doubt. And, and he was he was very involved. Look, I know this firsthand. He was very involved in the community there. Uh, I, we, we, Holly and, and RJ and me, our foundation, we did a joint deal with him in, in Detroit a couple times. So um, very involved, very loved there, actually. So, yeah, it, it, it definitely was tough. I just... Wouldn't say that too. No good. Drop it in when you yeah. when you have it, and uh, so it made it difficult. He agonized over it, but then he went to the Lions and said, "Guys, it's t- I can't do this. You know, I-, I want a chance to win. I got to go." Well, I think more so than win because I I don't think he went. I think it was more so that they they were bringing in a new GM, right, and they're bringing in a new head coach. It's like, okay, I'm I I, I can't. I'm in my twelfth year. I can't go through a whole another rebuilding process. Please, please, please let me go. And they did. They 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 granted his his request. Few teams were interested in him. But before we get to that, so they granted his request. After he had the conversation with the Lions, his wife said, We you know what? We gotta get out of town. We we can't sit here like this. We've got to get out of town. We gotta clear our heads. So they were gonna go to the Bahamas. At the last minute, they decided to go to Cabo. Mm-hmm. Now, Andrew Whitworth is a friend of his. Andrew Whitworth, who plays for the Rams on the offensive yeah. line, right? Yeah. Who, by all accounts, is one of the great people in the NFL. Yeah, we Just, talked to him. He yeah. certainly is. Yeah, he, he is one of the true greats. Just an incredible human being. He and his wife yeah. do so much for the community. All right. Remember, he donated a whole salary during that tragedy in Thousand Oaks. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, all right, they're going to go. The The staffers decide they're going to go to Cabo. Ironically, Andrew Whitworth was in Cabo. Yes. Ironically. Yes. Sean McVay. That's the story I know. Yes. Was going to Cabo. So McVay gets there. And Whitworth texts him and says, Matt Stafford's here. McVeigh then sends a text to the Rams brass going, holy F, Stafford's in town. An hour later, because of Whitworth, the three of them are at the pool now. And they start talking. And that's how this all came together. Yeah. And that's how the Rams then decided, okay, we're going to pull the trigger here. We're gonna we're gonna make a run for it. Stafford said, "Yeah, I want to come," and that's how it happened. A chance meeting now, in, in the Cabo. NBA would that be considered tampering? Uh yeah, <laughs> yes, of course it would. <laughs> I just said off the air, isn't that tampering of the head coach of a team is talking to a player of another team? Absolutely, but that player had already been granted a request to be traded. Yeah, yeah, I but guess it doesn't he, matter. He wasn't traded yet. No, he was well. See, that, that's why the whole tampering thing is such a ridiculous notion that they can try to control that or enforce that. Is just it's so because people get together in the off season. That's what guys do. 
I mean, everybody and their brothers got a charity event, a golf tournament or something, that a vacation together. Oh, we're going to this place, go fishing trips, all those things that you're going to run into different guys of different teams and different coaches of different teams, different general managers of different teams you're going to run into, and you're going to bolt the other way? No, no. You interact. Hey, I know. Like I said, him and Whitworth are friends, so they, they're going to, oh, you're in Cabo. I'm in Cabo. Hey, let's get together for dinner. Let's go meet me by the pool, whatever. Of course that's going to happen. Well, I guess the spirit of, of the rule is you guys can't talk about, hey, yeah. I love to play for you. I love to play with you and that right, sort so of I thing. Is got a recording device, Kevin? No, but I mean, if, <laughs> I, don't know how, I don't know how they do these deep investigations. One thing that could work in their favor, and I think Fred brought this up to a certain degree, if they say so-and-so has been given permission to seek a trade, yeah. Because then I think the the team that's looking to trade him would say like, well, he has permission to talk to so and so GM or so and so right. head coach. Right. Then it wouldn't be much of an issue. It's if you can prove that there was some sort of conversation happening between Sean McVay yeah. and Matthew Stafford that was about him playing for a different team, but he, the request wasn't granted. You know, it's one of those. So when yeah, they, when, which I'm sure you know Detroit once they find out okay he's on the block we got to move him they're gonna start calling people for feeders. Sure. Yeah. Of sure. what we can do, so that's no different than than them calling somebody and Stafford saying, "Let me feel this Ram team out." Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're right. But the spirit of this whole, you know, yeah. Magic Johnson, Telesports Illustrated, man, Giannis is a great player, and him yeah. getting fined for that is dumb, it's ridiculous, it's yeah. stupid. Oh, it was yeah, it, it was idiotic. So when Kelly Stafford meets McVay at the pool, and by the way, McVay's fiance is probably thinking, "I thought we were on vacation." You always say we get a month to get away. <laughs> And then you get right back to work. She's probably right. going, what the hell is this? You're still working? When Kelly Stafford met McVeigh at the pool, she had no idea who he was. She found him to be a young guy with a handshake that would break your arm off. Right? One of those guys. Yeah. So then, You're in that Gruden mold. Yeah. They started talking. Everybody started talking. Whitworth was the intermediary here. He was the guy that texted McVeigh. So then it gets down to a point where they're going to do something. The Rams need to do something. They talk to Detroit. And we, we all know what they gave up because every trade they make, they give everything up. Somehow they get more. It, it makes no sense. They have no first-round draft picks for the next 40 years, but then they find yeah. four of them and trade those two. So they gave up a good amount to get Matthew Stafford. Before they did that, McVay thought he needs to call Stan Kroenke and let him know what in God's name he's doing of and course. why. Of course. And McVay calls Stan, and they have a conversation and he explains why he wants to do what he's going to do and why he is willing to surrender so much. Kroenke said three words. You know what those words were? Get him. Go I, get him. Something like that. It was this. I trust you. I love it. I trust you. And that was it. And the deal was done. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah, cool I knew story. they met down there in Cabo. I, I knew that story of them kind of hooking up down there. Um, but yeah, no. That's, sometimes that's that's how things work. It, it's surprising though, and and you got to give Detroit a lot of credit because they could have been hardball on that and said no, absolutely not, and then and then ship him off to Cincinnati or or if, if or, you know someplace where he didn't really want to go because he's making waves or anything like that. And they were they they accommodated him. They they said, look, we get it, and I think he went in, and I think he went in with the truth and. Reality, I understand that there was he was emotional when he had to go talk to the Lions, yep. you know, front office about about leaving because, like you said, they took care of his wife. They, you know, they've taken care of his family there. 
and it, it's it's not always it's not always easy. And some teams don't always do that. They don't always grant your wishes. But I think they looked at it as yes, we're starting with a new coach, new GM. It may take us four or five years to kind of get going here in Detroit. You don't have that time to waste. Let's do him a solid and try to get a younger guy in here and and see what we can we can do with this team. So hats off to Detroit, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. Classy move by the Lions. Yeah. But that just speaks to how life is. You never know what's going to happen. That yeah. that meeting was not set up. It was unexpected. And because Andrew Whitworth told Sean McVay that Matt Stafford was there, Whitworth set it up. Everybody to the pool. Everybody. <laughs> it was like an hour after Whitworth told McVay. Everybody get in the pool. Let's go. Right. Stafford was there. It was one hour later. That was it. Everybody was together. So I, 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 thought, I actually thought that was a great story. I love it. Yeah. And uh, again, it emphasizes why when you do what you did to get a guy like Stafford, you have to have a running back. So that's why they traded for Sony yeah. Michelle today. Yeah. It's going to be good for him. I think it's really going to be good for him. I think Sony, Sony Michelle, like I said, is going to be, I think, because uh, he can he can do a lot of things Cam Akers could do. Uh, he can catch the ball out of back full, backfield. He's a good receiver. I think he's going to be good for the Rams. Okay. Uh, we'll talk some Dodgers here with David Vassay, bottom of the hour. Uh, later this hour, we're going to play Who Dis, and we got meat for you. We're giving, we're giving you the meat. <laughs> Whoever plays Who Dis is getting meat today. Oh, And you know Freddy. that meat is tender and mouthwatering. Talk about the meat, Fred. Talk it, about that meat. That meat is juicy. <laughs> Somebody's getting the meat, and we're going to give it to you good. So that's coming up later on in the hour. All right, Laker fans, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Uh, as we get ready for the upcoming season, training camp starts right around the corner, and they'll be playing once again. The Lakers actually get a break, Rodney, this year early in the season. And you know what? You'll take anything you can get. Uh, they open against three playoff teams, but then they enter a period in which 10 of their next 12 missed the 2021 playoffs. So that'll give everybody a chance to get uh, their running shoes on, build some chemistry. and some uh, breaks. Catch some breaks, and maybe, just maybe, you know, breathe a little bit, yeah. open things up, and get a chance to figure out who they are and what they're doing. That's great news. And there's one other thing. The Lakers will have a total of nine games this season in which they have a rest advantage over their opponent and eight in which their opponent will have a rest advantage over them. Seven of their nine rest advantages come in the first half of the season. So what this tells me is this. You know, things are, the deck's kind of stacked your way early on. You got to take advantage of it, even with an entirely new roster. Of course you do. We always said, Fred, you got to win the games you're supposed to win. And and if they can build up, you know, some some mileage and, and some money in the bank by winning, by winning those games against teams they should win or they should be, then it only helps them down the stretch. It, it, it helps them so they won't be in a position of, oh, my God, they're going to fall to the eighth seed. Oh, my God, they're going to have to play in that play-in game. They will build up enough equity that they can rest guys down the stretch in getting ready for the playoffs. So, yeah, the early games are important. Yeah, and given that the, the schedule is stacked in their favor early, that means when we hit spring, it's going to be a different story. Better to bank as many as you can early on and also build that chemistry, which is so important early on, because then when you really get into it, you, yeah, you but you never set. know. But you never know. I mean, all these teams that we're talking about, not playoff teams, a year ago, 
could turn into playoff teams this year, Fair. whether it be from injuries or whatever. Look, going into last season, everybody thought, okay, you know, we're going to roll Phoenix. We're going to roll on them. You know, we got Phoenix on the schedule. It turns out people found out early they didn't want Phoenix on the schedule. Phoenix was bad to be on your schedule and playing them often. And so that could happen this year. So you can't just bank on, oh, this team didn't make the playoffs last year. They're going to be a, a pushover this year. They're going to be some teams that are much improved. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, so the Lakers get a break early in the season. But, Clip, but uh, Kevin, the Clippers, their schedule is uh, not very accommodating toward them this year, is it? Why would you say that? Because they have five different sets of playing five games in seven nights. That's the first time in NBA history that's ever happened. Five times in one season, you play five games in a stretch of seven nights. That is unbelievable to me. And I don't know how the schedule makers... I know the Clippers are the the bottom of the totem pole as far as tenants at Staples Center, and that's one of the one of the major reasons why Steve Ballmer's building that arena in Inglewood. But, I mean, that's as brutal as it gets. That's 25 games. Yeah. 25 games? <laughs> five times in one season, five games in seven nights. That's incredible. Wow. Yeah. 25 games and what? 35 nights? 20, 25 games in how many, Kevin? Five. Look, I'm, I'm, math is not my again. strong suit. This is why I'm in broadcasting. So there are five different occasions during yeah. the season where the Clippers will be playing five games, games yeah. 35 and seven days, nights. 25 games in 35 days. Um, Th- that's a bit much to ask. It is. You don't say? That's all, that, that is. So there, are they the only team doing that? Yes, by far. Oh. <laughs> Clippers. There are teams that are playing five games and seven nights, but I don't think any other team has any more than two of those. Uh, I could be wrong on that exact number, but the, the Clippers by far have more than anybody else. Well, the Lakers. They're, the they're Clippers holding this season in protest. Yeah, right. They're, they're just throw their arms. You know what? I We're going to protest this season at the start of the season based on schedule. One thing about the Clippers, Owen Tyloo, they do play hard. They play hard every night. And, uh, yeah, it, it, it's a bad hand to be dealt. But on the other hand, you know, it is a hand. And and I actually think they'll be okay. I mean, they can't win next year. They can't win the title. But I, I think they're going to be really competitive. I think they're going to be a problem for some teams. Certainly but, doesn't help their cause if they're all tired after playing, you know, multiple games in a, in a very short stretch of time. Look, you multiple look at, times over the season. Why, why, why are you looking at the negative? Look, I'm being realistic, Fred. I'm looking at the positive. Are you? Yeah. What's the positive in this? Not much. (laughs) (laughs) What are you looking at? (laughs) Not much, actually, but I was trying to be positive. Well, on the other hand, the Lakers. A lot of positive for them, especially the first month and a half, two months of the season. Yeah. How does, you know what, honestly, how does this happen? I don't know. That is so unfair. Whether you root for the Clippers or not, that's really unfair. And, and for it to be drastically different, like you said, Kevin, only uh, maybe other teams have at most, you know, two times that they'll go through the five games in seven days. And the Clippers have got five of them. Yeah. That, yeah. Somebody, somebody's, don't you raise a red flag when that happens? Yeah. Like I try not to be a conspiracy theorist. And then why would anybody in the league office have anything against the Clippers specifically? I know, Fred. But. It sure is interesting that that would happen to them. And literally nobody else is in the same stratosphere of a schedule like that. <laughs> look at you. Why, why would you play with the buttons and get that look on your face? I know. I think he should be ashamed of himself. <laughs> yeah, that, well, that's why. They still hold it against him. 
Oh, is it? Yeah. Is there still residuals? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Now we get into the root of it, Brent. Yeah, Steve Ballmer, although he has been nothing but a champ and done great things for the franchise and probably for the league as well. Absolutely. You know, uh, memories die hard, you know? <laughs> and it's it's hard for, I guess, people to get over it. But uh, good news for the Lakers, uh, tough news for the Clippers, and later we'll get into LeBron James is actually doing some recruiting. How about those Dodgers? How about them? How about A.J. Pollock last night? Big. Right, Offensively and defense. David Vassale, join us from San Diego next. Sports. Get out. Rodney Pete, Fred Rogan. On a hump day. It is Wednesday. A hump day, Fred. It's hump day. Middle of the week already. It is. Yep. Halfway home now. Flying. Yeah. Can you believe we're almost at the end of August? I cannot believe it. God, it's been a weird couple of years. Fall, kids are back in school. I know. I know. Amazing. Uh, yeah, if you think about it, what, so there's like 35 games left in baseball's regular season? Yeah. yeah. I mean, here, we're down the stretch now. And the Dodgers opened that series in San Diego last night. And, uh, well, you know, aside from a little hiccup at the end. Oh, man. It was a convincing Why? win. Why? No, Why no, what I'm that? saying is Why? it was a convincing win. Everybody got a little tense at the end, but nonetheless, a win is a win. They'll take it. They knocked the Padres back a rung. They remain even uh, two and a half behind the Giants, who just pounded the Mets. Thank you, New York. Yeah, they did. Thank you, know, you Mets. Yeah, Thanks, thank Mets. you, Mets. They had the jet lag, and the Giants didn't. Yeah, uh, it, it was bad. And the kid that started for him, the young kid who... who uh, has been very effective this year for the Mets. Uh, not so much yesterday. They just bombarded him and uh, beat him pretty good. Him. Yeah, they did. They they really let him have it. But that means that the Dodgers went in San Diego, keeps them exactly where they were. A lot of positives in that game. Will Smith hit a home run. There's no denying that grab by A.J. Pollock, one of the highlights of the year. Yeah. Uh, it was uh, Machado. That puts the Padres up 2-1 at that point. Yep. Machado hit the ball deep left. Pollock went back, and let, let's be honest. It doesn't look like A.J. is going to win the Olympic high jump competition. <laughs> but somehow he was able to get up over the wall, make the grab, uh, and the picture was priceless of the yeah. fans that thought they were going to have the ball and the guy behind him with the, with the cell phone camera smiling like he just caught something incredible. Uh, he didn't. He caught A.J. Pollock making a great play, and uh, that, as much as anything, helped the Dodgers last night. The home of the Dodgers. With an inside look at the Dodgers, this is the Vassay Report with David Vassay, brought to you by Navian Tankless Water Heaters. Yes, and joining us from San Diego is David Vassay. And Dave, good afternoon to you. Hey, how you guys doing? Well, we're doing fine, Dave. Hey, what'd you do after the game last night down there? Last night, I finished Dodger Talk at midnight, thanks to that extended at-bat by Jerkson Profar, an 11-pitch walk, so not much of anything, Rodney. Why, why the bitterness, Dave? Yeah, Profar, throw it to you. Messing I would have, I would have liked to tasted the streets of San Diego, Fred. Exactly, Fred. Well, you'll get another crack at it tonight. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. All right. Uh, so talk about the game last night. We'll start A.J. Pollock. That might have been the best defensive play of his career, Dave. Well, I haven't seen everyone. He was the cool glove center fielder, so... I would say it's right up there, Fred. No doubt about it. And you know it as an older guy. 
some days your knees are feeling better than other days. And last night, the knees were feeling good for A.J. Pollock because on Sunday, he didn't look that great in left field. I don't know if that was necessary, quite frankly, Dave. I, I don't think that was necessary. It's, it's, it's life. It's life, hey, right? I'm sorry. Hey, Dave, I like you keeping it relevant, too, with the knee issue. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Keeping it relevant. Um, Dave, do you think do you think today, like, San Diego fans are mad at those fans for not interfering a little bit more? Because he actually went back into the stands and robbed it, as opposed to the fans reaching over. Oh, yeah. I went to grab some coffee earlier today right behind Petco Park, and fans were still talking about how those Padre fans didn't do enough yeah. to try to knock that ball out of Pollock's glove or at least distract him a little better. But, hey, that's what you get when you got Yacht Rock type of fans instead of the passionate oh Dodger fans in the pavilion. <laughs> oh, my God. Dave. Did you say Yacht Rock? Dave. That's right. <laughs> oh, God, oh Dave. Dave, I like the Yacht Rock. Hey, I was playing the Yacht Rock this summer on the boat. I love it. Yeah, that, was, good a, reference. that, was, a, that was a very polite Yacht Rock <laughs> reaction by those fans in left field. Well, uh, can we agree on this? No Dave? offense, Fred. No, no offense. Jesus, Dave. Can we agree on this? Julio Urias looked pretty good last night. Yeah, he did. Five scoreless innings, 74 pitches, and that's the way the Dodgers are going to manage him the rest of the year. They need him in the rotation from here on out, and Dave Roberts has shown that the best way to manage him is, even if he's going well, you could take him out of a game a little bit earlier. Um, but there is uh, an effect to that you have to go to your bullpen a little bit earlier. So Julio needs to uh, take a page out of the Walker Bueller book and be economic with his pitches and go deeper into games. Yeah. So, so as it stands now, it's, it's definitely Bueller, Scherzer, uh, Julio. And then, and then what do we do on, on this? Is it a, a mixture of, of bullpen guys, David Price? How does it, how is it going to play out as we go down the stretch or more importantly, I guess, in the playoffs? Well, yeah, playoffs, uh, I can't even tell you what it's going to look like next week, Rodney, let alone the playoffs. Um, so let's just start with the rest of this week. You have Bueller tonight, Scherzer tomorrow, and I saw Andre Jackson here in San Diego yesterday. So you would imagine in some shape or form on Friday night, Andre Jackson will be pitching, and then David Price on Saturday over the weekend against the Rockies. You know, I've said this on Dodger Talk. If you had to ask me between Kershaw, Danny Duffy, and Tony Gonsolin, who is returning sooner, it is going to be Tony Gonsolin. So hopefully he's coming back sooner rather than later. Uh, Dave, what were the fans overall like in San Diego? I mean, do they believe that this is it for the Padres and it's over for them? I could just tell you this, Fred. I don't know about that, but I could tell you the vibe at Petco Park was significantly subdued compared to the last time the Dodgers were here. Beat L.A., the scoreboard, all of that was going from even before first pitch. Last night, not even 42,000 at Petco Park. I know school has started, but it wasn't the same atmosphere. So maybe uh, the Padre Yacht Rock fans are starting to uh, feel some water <laughs> leaking into the boat. Yeah, that, that, that whatever it may be, it allowed more Dodger fans to be in the stadium. They felt like there was a Dodger, you know, a Dodger game down there in San Diego like it normally does as opposed to uh, to what it was back early in the season. Uh, hey, hey, Dave, we're, we're talking to Alex Vesia later in the show. Um, he has been absolutely phenomenal. Talk about him and 
just because they they did give up floor for him and, and got him how he's been for the Dodgers. Yeah, he really has come into his own. And I feel like part of it is coming to a new team, but even more than that, coming to a new team that relies heavily on information and analytics. For a guy that's new to the program, it's hard to digest all of that information and filter out what works for you and what doesn't. I'm sure as a new player you feel obligated to use all that information, but I feel now that Alex has started to come to terms with the fact that he can use what works for him and discard the rest. And I feel like now you're seeing a guy that's a lot more confident, not thinking as much, and now he's got that K kick, as his teammates say, whenever he strikes out a hitter. And he certainly does not look like antsy Alex anymore. He looks like a very confident pitcher. Yeah, and he's fun to watch, Dave. I mean, you just root for the guy. You love his enthusiasm. Yeah, well, if he's coming on your show, Fred, he must be the big deal now. That's right, Dave. Because we only bring the big deals on. You're absolutely right. Uh, so Mookie's back, what, Thursday? That's what it's looking like. He played in a simulated game on Monday. And, yes, from what I've been told, it looks like Thursday is the day that Mookie will rejoin the Dodgers. And arguably one of the best lineups on paper that you have ever seen, at least in the last 20 years in the National League, when you have Mookie Betts, Trey Turner, Max Muncy, and maybe your weakest hitter, Cody Bellinger hitting eighth. I would say that's one of the most formidable lineups any pitcher would have to face with Mookie in the lineup. Yeah, and that being said, and we've speculated on this, we've chatted about it, but when Mookie gets back, is that how many how many appearances, how many games do you think that takes away from Bellinger? They can't continue to run him out there if Pollock's hot and uh, Chris Taylor's hot and Mookie's hot. I mean, they can't. they got to play the hot guys. There's a balance between... Um, Taylor and Bellinger. I know Dave Roberts has said all season long that he wants to give uh, Taylor more days off. And I know Rick Monday has noticed that his swing's gotten a little bit longer. That's a sign of a little fatigue. So it's not like they're going to run Chris Taylor out there every day or Bellinger out there every day. There's a balance between those three guys, Taylor, Bellinger, and Pollock. Pollock's a veteran too. I know he's hitting hot, but it's a load management situation at this point in time in the season. So I feel like there's enough at-bats for all three of those guys to serve the greater purpose. So you think it's going to be, it could be a, a lefty-righty situation with uh, Bellinger and Taylor? Uh, I wouldn't say just strictly lefty or righty. I would say pitcher matchups as well. If there's a pitcher that throws a certain pitch mix that fits better for Bellinger, he'll play, and, and certainly not against lefties, but when it comes to right-handers, because you see the majority of right-handed pitchers, but when it comes to right-handers, I feel like there's going to be a certain side, sort of um, matchup of pitchers that fit better. Okay, Dave, so uh, what time are you going to the ballpark today? I'll be there at 2 o'clock, Fred. Okay, good. We won't be calling. I just wanted to make sure I knew where you were at all times. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> Rod <Rodman. laughs> Handle your guy. I know, Dave. I know. All right, but Dave, you have something big coming up this weekend, right, with Andre Ethier. That's right. We are going to be in the great San Fernando Valley this Sunday. Uh, Andre Ethier is going to be making a great appearance at a shoe store in Canoga Park, and he is going to not only uh, be, uh, be on the show, but he's also signing autographs and taking pictures at WSS on Roscoe Boulevard and Topanga Canyon this Sunday. He'll be out there signing autographs from 1230 to 230, 
and Ethier got wind that I'll be out there broadcasting the pregame show, so we're going to do a very special pregame Dodger talk from 11 to noon, and Andre Ethier is going to be at WSS in Canoga Park with me, taking your phone calls from 11 to noon on top of signing autographs from 12.30 to 2.30. And you guys have prizes you're giving away, right? Yeah, the first 100 Dodger fans there will get a surprise mystery gift card, Dodger yearbooks, and uh, possibly even some Dodger tickets. Okay, what's the uh, mystery gift card for? Um, a dinner at Fred Rogan's house. Okay. Oh, that's what I'm talking Fred cooking? No, no, it's being catered. Fred? It's being catered. Oh, the station's right. paying for that. So what it will do will get you admission. It's a mystery. Fred, it's a mystery gift card. Why would I say what the mystery is? Okay, do you all right, let's try this. Do you know what the mystery is? I have no idea. Okay, there you Not go. In my Thank department. You. Exactly. So that's why you didn't bring it up. All right, Dave. Well, thanks for jumping on as always. Good job. <laughs> Thank you, Rodney. Right. You got it, Dave. Goodbye, Dave. <laughs> you know, Dave can play this mystery game. You and Dave got a little love hate thing going on. Yeah. I'm not playing a mystery game, Rodney. No, you got the meat. Oh, we're giving you meat. Who wants meat? Is it mystery meat? Oh, no. Okay, good. Oh, no, it's good meat. And we're giving it to somebody. Yeah. Good meat. Whoever wants to play, who dis? At 866-987-2570. Get on here. First caller, Kevin will pick you up, put you on the air, and you're winning meat. And now another Rogan and Rodney. Oh, yeah! Afternoon delight. Skipping town, down to Mexico. Lipstick home in the thunderbird. Let's roll. Drag right off of the wall. Today, afternoon delight is Thelma Louise by Bastille. This song is set to appear on the group's upcoming album, which will be released later this year. In a recent interview, group frontman Dan Smith said that he wrote most of this track as well as many other tracks on the album while on lockdown last year. When asked about the title of the song, Smith said, I wanted to write a love letter to that film. A love letter to feminism, escapism, and throwing off the shackles of a life that you may be frustrated by. Again, today's afternoon delight is Thelma and Louise by Bastille. Rogan and Rodney Roulette. Who is this guy? This is who I am. Who is this guy? Who this? Who All right, David Bassey talked about it, but starting Sunday at 11, he'll be at WWS in Canoga Park on Topanga Canyon and Roscoe Boulevard for a live broadcast with a special appearance by Dodger Great Andre Ethier. First hunter to show up will receive a mystery gift card. It is a mystery. With the ability to win other prizes, including Dodger tickets, Dodger yearbooks, and more, don't miss the WSS and LA Dodger launch celebration with Nike. Andre Ethier and David Vassay this Sunday. WSS Shoes Style Selection. Yes, yes, Freddie. Okay. Darren in Valencia, are you there? I'm here, Fred. Thank you. All right. Appreciate are you, you ready, calling though? in. That's the question. Yeah, are you ready? Darren I am ready. Valencia. Let's do it. Valencia, are you ready? <laughs> Never lost. That's what I'm talking about. I eat Valencia for lunch. <laughs> All right, Ronnie, you ready? Oh, the stakes are high today. Let's go, guys. Okay, and uh, uh, it's who dis, Darren. So on a who dis, yell it out when you know it. You don't have to wait, okay? Okay. Here we go. Good luck. I'm a 17-time 
NBA All-Star. LeBron James. There's one. Yeah, that's how you started off on a Wednesday, Freddy. Boom. <laughs> Boom. Where you at, Darren? Where you at? I'll get you. I'll get you. Okay, I like it. I like the confidence. Okay. Yeah, nobody else even had a chance to breathe. You got that one so fast. Yeah, you know. I start, finish, but I like to come from behind, Fred. So I'm going to take a few games off right here. Are you? No. I didn't think so. I was the fourth overall pick in the 2008 NBA draft. Ooh. 2008? Yes. Fourth pick. That's right. Rajon Rondo. How about new? That would be uh, Russell Westbrook. That would be correct. Rodney. Yeah. Just so casual, too. Uh, you know. You know, man. I told you I'm going to walk it Good all Good job, Rodney. Thank yeah. you. What do you always say, Rodney? You gonna work up a sweat? You can't I'm even get a sweat. To. I'm trying to get a sweat going right now. It's Wednesday, and we've been playing this game for now two and a half days, Fred. I haven't got a sweat yet. All right. Well, I'm maybe uh, Darren. I want to have to get on that treadmill after the show. Yeah. Come on, guys. Give me. A, let me get a workout in real quick. <laughs> <laughs> You're killing me. <laughs> Come on, Darren and Valencia. I need something me. more out of you, baby. <laughs> Here's your next one. I made 13 Pro Bowls and seven All Pro teams in my Hall of Fame NFL career. Seven hey, Pro man. Bowls, seven 13 Pro Bowls, seven All Pro teams. Darren, who'd you have? Big man. No, Joe Montana. No good. LT. How about new? Who is this guy? I was a two-time defensive player of the year. Michael Strahan. And it is no good. Lawrence Taylor. How about new? Bruce Smith. Two-time defensive player of the year? Yes. And Bruce Smith? No, senor! Ray Lewis. Rodney. Ah. You know what? Sometimes. Are y'all going to give me a game? That's all I know. Are y'all going to give me a game? (laughs) Can I get a game out of here? Lord. That's three in a row. Come on now. Here we Bunch go. Of high schools I got playing with me, Fred. Bunch of high schoolers. Ronnie, are you even playing? I'm trying here, Fred. Okay. All right. All right. I've made nine all star teams in my eleven year MLB career. Who is this guy? Nine year? Nine all star teams in eleven years. In eleven years. Oh. Yep. I am a three-time AL MVP. Ooh, three times. Yes. Justin Verlander. And it is no good. Max Scherzer. No, senor! Who is this guy? Andy Pettit. Derek Jeter. Alex Rodriguez. No, senor! Ken Griffey Jr. And it is no good. I am. Clayton Kershaw. No good! I am a Weather Channel enthusiast and may pursue a career in meteorology after my MLB career. Zach Grinke. How about new? Oh, I know this guy. Oh, yeah, you, you know definitely know. Yeah. Everybody knows this guy. Yes. Mike Trout. And there you go, Darren. Yes. You're on the board. There you go, Darren. Loves the weather. Yes, he does.
Theron, well done. Well done. In the game now. Here's the next one. I was the 25th overall pick in the 2010 NFL Draft. 25th pick? Yes. In what draft? Talking about the 2010 NFL Draft. Who is this guy? I won the Heisman Trophy in 2007. I won two BCS national championships. Reggie Bush? And was a two-time SEC player of the year. Jim Tebow. Darren. Okay. Way to go, Darren. That's what I'm talking about. So now, here, I got, I'm, now I'm getting a little moisture. Well, that's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Objects in your mirror are closer than they appear, Rodney. Okay. Oh, okay. nice. That's nice. what I like to hear. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about, Darren, from Valencia. <laughs> so here we go. It's the final question. Rodney has three. Darren has two. Darren, if you get it, you've tied. Ronnie, if you get it, you're the spoiler. Rodney, if you get it, you win outright. Good luck. I was the 21st overall pick in the 2006 NBA draft. 2006. Yes. 21st pick. That's what I'm talking about. Who is this guy? I am a two-time NBA champion. That would be Trevor Reason. That would be incorrect. And it is no good. Dwight Howard. No, said no! Nah, he's number one. Who is this guy? I have led the NBA in assists three times and in steals once. Chris Paul. How about you? James Harden. This once? No good! This once. And the final clue to determine the winner. Who is this guy? Dwayne Wade. And it is no good. I am the only player in NBA history to win a title with the Celtics and Lakers. Roger Rondo. And there it is, Rodney. Uh, for clarification, uh, it's the Los Angeles Lakers. There was a player that won with Minneapolis and Boston. Who was that? I don't remember his name, but it's a fact, and I don't need some people jumping down my throat about it. Fred, that's why I wrote Los Angeles Lakers, Fred. Is that why you capitalized it? Yes. That's why I ignored and it. And that's why you ignored it completely. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Because it was capitalized, which I believe meant don't read that. Gotcha. Okay. Makes sense to me. All right. But Darren, good job, man. Not only were you on Way the board, you made, you made it a, a game. Good, good work. Way to go, Darren. Uh, thank you, Fred. Thank you, Rodney. Well, wait a minute. You want oh, the meat? Yeah. You I'll want get you meat? next time. You want meat? Get that meat. Absolutely. You get that meat. meat. You've won. Get that meat. A meat district ultimate grilling pack featuring two pounds of frozen OG burger, zesty ranch party chicken wings, sweet and spicy drumsticks, steakhouse tri-tip, chicken thigh, and garlic oh, peppercorn Lord. tenderloin. Meat district oh, butcher very nice. You're premium all... meats. The better way to burger. You're eat, all invited. Eat, oh, good. Perfect. <laughs> Eatmeatdistrict.com. Darren, thanks for listening to the show. It means a lot to us. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. You do a great job.